women often tell me that they're struggling with overeating or binging and they really need some help. And if this is you, I have created a new free resource for you. It's an ebook called Escape the Binge in Four Simple Steps, The Christian Guide to Stop Overeating. In this ebook, you're gonna find the four steps that you can use to go from binge eating and overeating to a healthful pattern of eating that doesn't control you. In this ebook, you're gonna find out the underlying reasons why you're binge eating. This ebook contains some foundational information that's gonna help you address the real reasons you continue to overeat and how to eat in a natural and truly satisfying way. So to get your free copy of this ebook, just go to CherylSharko.com slash escape or use the link in the show notes. Over the past two episodes, I've emphasized how faith and love are essential in your journey toward food and body image freedom in Christ. So what's left? Hope, of course. Hope is another critical ingredient for your walk to true freedom in Christ. And we're going to break this down today, so stay tuned. Welcome to the True Food Freedom and Faith Podcast. I'm your imperfect host, Cheryl Sharko, registered dietitian nutritionist and biblical counselor, here to get real with you, my sisters in Christ. Yep, I'm talking to you who struggle with restrictive food rules, chronic dieting, yo-yo diets, emotional eating, and other issues that consume your life, your joy, and your peace. So get your comfy pants on like I did and get ready for some real talk about this journey, real nutrition information, and some real solutions so you can live a life in true food freedom and faith. Welcome, sisters. What is it like to live with an unhealthy or disordered mindset regarding food and eating and weight in one's own body? It's distressing. It's distressing. And worse yet, and more importantly, it becomes enslaving. The thoughts and emotions that drive you in these areas can then imprison you over time. The emphasis on what and how and why and when to eat, as well as the despair over your body shape or size, cause your eating and your dieting, your exercise decisions from then on, but they also leave you with negative experiences, negative emotions, negative thoughts. Then these negative thoughts and emotions drive further decisions, etc., etc. So you can see that something that should be as natural as eating and enjoying God's good gift of food becomes distorted and becomes kind of a tyrant in your life. This can feel hopeless because we feel helpless. But as Christians, it's important that you hear this. We are not stuck in any enslavement. Did you know that God expressly addressed this even in the context of food and eating? Yeah, in 1 Corinthians 6.12, the word says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful or beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything or even mastered by anything in some translations. And this is followed immediately by a mention of food. And here's the best part. Anything that God wants to cleanse us of, well, he provides the grace, the mercy, and the help that we need when we are trusting him and relying on him and following his ways. So good news all around. So if you know that God's word is true, then you know for a fact that God is going to deal with these tyrannical bondages in your life as you submit to him and his word. 
And in that is hope, yes? And right now, right now, sisters, you need hope. When you have been distressed and distraught about food and eating, or when maybe too many of your thoughts have been consumed by your weight or your size, well, this often leads to despair. And if this describes your life, you are in need of some true hope. Now, even though we've identified these problems as an issue of bondage and enslavement that we can trust God to help us out of, our hope doesn't really lie in making strides towards our dieting and weight loss goals, especially when this has been a lifelong journey, i.e. obsession, for us. Your hope and my hope actually lie in not being focused on these things at all. Hope doesn't come when we endlessly strive for any earthly goal including how we look to others or how healthy our bodies become, a relentless focus on these things, it's going to kill hope. And it's not only fruitless, but as Paul puts it, it's actually pitiable. In 1 Corinthians 15, 19, Paul says, if in Christ we have hope for this life only, and right, that includes all the things of this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. And we don't want to kill hope, right? We don't want to be pitiable. We want to live in hope. So let's learn where we find true hope. And we'll do that right after this quick break. There's a lot of new stuff going on over here, starting with our newsletter. Each week, you can expect some cool stuff like behind the scenes sneak peeks, of the online program that's coming out in a few months or updates or any free resource, well, those go directly to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss a beat, a pod, or a peek by signing up for the free email newsletter at CherylSharko.com slash newsletter. Welcome back. I thought we could do a little Bible study on hope, on what builds hope and what hope does. So let's start with what builds hope. And yes, this is a Bible study. So in the show notes, I will list all the scriptures used um, in case you want to go back and read them in context, which of course I always support. Let's start with 1 Peter 1, 3. We're told, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what builds hope first? Well, being born again is necessary for true hope. So that's foundational. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our justification, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So what builds hope here? We see that endurance and the encouragement of scriptures are what bring hope. And then in verse 13, Romans 15 goes on to say, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Ah, so we see what builds hope here. It's the spirit of the God of hope that is filling us with all joy and peace, but don't miss this part, in believing, in believing. So believing is required for us to get to true hope. And let's stick with Romans a little longer. We'll go to chapter 5, verses 3 to 4, where it says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. What? Yep. Knowing that 
Suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. So our tribulations in a roundabout or maybe not roundabout way help build hope because the tribulations will build our perseverance and endurance, which will build our character, which is deeply needed, which produces true hope. It's not something that the world could get to through a tribulation, but by the Holy Spirit and your sanctification process, the result is hope. Let's go over to Psalms for a few minutes. What builds hope according to some of the Psalms? Well, we see in Psalm 119, 114. Now, if you're familiar with Psalm 119, you probably know where it's going here. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Yes. What builds hope? God's word. Psalm 71, 5 says, For you, O Lord, are my hope, my trust, O Lord, from my youth. So here we see that God is our hope and trust. Psalm 33, 18 says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. So what builds hope? Not only God himself, but knowing his steadfast love. And then let's go back to Romans where we were before. And we'll finish up with this last scripture. Romans 8, verses 23 to 25. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So what builds hope according to Romans 8? Well, along with many other passages like 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, Titus 3, 7, 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, Ephesians 1, 18, on and on and on, we see that hope is built from knowing our coming adoption and our coming redemption of our bodies. It's all about knowing and believing in and waiting for expectantly eternal life, salvation, the inheritance of the saints. In other words, hope all comes back to the gospel. So if you want to do a little study on that on your own, maybe check out Romans 4.23 all the way through the end of chapter 5. And you're going to see that hope really does all come back to the gospel. All right, so how does this apply to my constant obsession with dieting and losing weight and food in my body? Well, real hope does not come by looking at our circumstances, our temporal worlds and bodies, or trying to fulfill our desires, no matter what they are, but by knowing and keeping that gospel message top of mind, that gospel message that Christ was born and lived perfectly and died for you and for me as payment for our sins, and rose again from the dead, defeating death, defeating sin. And those who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ for this, they have that hope of eternal life, of salvation, of the inheritance of the saints, of the redemption of their bodies, and that they will be adopted forever as sons and daughters. So what does hope do? We just talked about where hope comes from. Now let's talk about what does hope do in our lives? 
another little Bible study. Ready? And we'll just go right ahead and start with Romans again. Why not? Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts <laughs> through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So what does hope do? Well, first we see hope doesn't put us to shame. In other words, it doesn't disappoint us. The hope of God will never disappoint. 1 John 3, 3 says, And everyone who thus hopes in God purifies himself as he is pure. So what does hope do? Well, hope then causes us to start working towards purifying ourselves. Of course, we got to get some Psalms in here, yeah? Psalm 42, 11 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, you might relate to this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Sometimes when we're living in this bondage, in these enslavements that we do, we can feel cast down. We call it depression sometimes. We call it despair. But hope, as we see here, it leads to praising God and it leads out of despair. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as Matthew Henry puts it, hope invigorates and spirits up the soul to action, to patience, to fortitude, and to perseverance to the end. So hope is kind of that catalyst that drives us on in perseverance, in fortitude, and even in patience and in joy. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. So what does hope do? It helps us to patiently wait on God. Proverbs 10.28 says, The hope of the righteous brings joy. There you go. But the expectation of the wicked will perish. So hope of the righteous, it brings joy. And last verse, what does hope do? Well, blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Well, this is saying, what does hope do? It brings blessing, which means happiness in Hebrew. And really, isn't it these things that you're ultimately striving for when you're going to food, when you're going to dieting as your solution? Aren't we really all looking for happiness and joy? Well, have your eating and dieting efforts ever really brought you true happiness and true joy thus far? Well, I'm going to guess that they probably have not because that's my experience and that's the experience of all of the women I work with, but hope in the Lord will. This is God's word and he cannot lie. Now, don't go anywhere because we're going to wrap all this up after this quick break. Hey, sisters, I have some good news. I want to get to know you better. I want us to support one another in this process, this journey to food freedom. It can be tough if we're doing it alone, so let's not. Why don't you join me in our private online community? I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to Facebook and search for True Food Freedom and Faith. The and is an ampersand. I really look forward to us getting to know one another, so I will see you there. We're back, and before the break, we were talking about hope, but what builds our hope and then what does hope do in our lives? And now we're going to talk about where we go with this information. 
Well, hope for your journey to food and body image freedom in Christ will come when your eyes actually come off of food and your body image and onto Christ, onto God the Father, as you're filled by the Holy Spirit who works in you as you read his wonderful word and strive to obey it through hope and endurance. Now, you can continue your attempts at hope and happiness and joy and freedom in the ways you've always been trying to do this for years, but won't you just end up in the same place again? From my experience, that's where I always ended up, always. It was very cyclical. When I would focus all my efforts on eating, on dieting, on losing weight, on reshaping my body or whatever, it always ended up right where it started in hopelessness and despair and some form of failure. When we spend hours each day or any amount of time really consumed with eating or not eating or filling the loneliness or sadness with food or restricting food in order to feel better about ourselves or comparing how our body sizes match up with others or feeling ashamed or guilty or condemned because of what we ate or what number was on the scale today. Well, that, my sister, all of that, any of that, that describes enslavement. And hope is so critical for your journey out of enslavement. You need to know that God does not want you to stay there, and he provides the grace and the mercy and the help for you to come out of it. But the reason that you and I do stay trapped or enslaved in this cycle of body shame and restrictive dieting and weight cycling and despair and comparing ourselves with others is that we are focusing on finding a false hope. Simply solving these problems and solving them ourselves and solving them our own way to get the results we want, it's not going to bring hope. Has it ever before in your life? If it did, then you and I would have accomplished freedom already in all of these areas. But as you've heard, real hope does not come through these means and by achieving these kinds of goals. If your situation is like my own history, you're needing hope right now. True hope. The hope that God promises that you will have when you look to him alone. All right, so to recap, where do we find true and lasting hope that we so desperately need for these challenges and all the challenges of life? Well, one, hope is the result of hearing and receiving the gospel before anything else can change. That's number one. Number two, Hope is the result of having our eyes fixed on the great joy that lies before us for all eternity. All the situations in our lives, these are very temporal. Our life is but a breath. It's a whisper. But eternity is coming, and that is where we want to fix our eyes on that secure eternity that cannot be taken. And number three, hope comes when we understand that even these issues of eating and dieting and food and weight and body image, they're actually all tools that God uses to purify us, to grow us in Christ-likeness and to show us what we still need to put off along our journey to righteousness. Yes, these areas are sanctification issues. So that means that you and I can have great hope that God will free us of these all-consuming concerns if we let him 
if we trust him and if we obey him with his gracious help. The greatest happiness and joy that we can experience will be in direct proportion to the degree that we focus our hope on our true heavenly home to come, the relationship that we have with the Lord forever, and that inconceivable rescue that he provided for us to save us for eternal life. If the change that you and I desire is toward righteousness, well, we have every reason to hope and trust that it is possible no matter what we're currently enslaved by. And Romans 15, 13, remember we read earlier, I want to repeat because you need to hear this when you need hope. May the God of hope fill you, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. This is a prayer for you and for me, no matter where you are right now, no matter where I am in my walk right now. The gospel is what gives us all we need to have and to maintain true, lasting, and life-dominating hope. And the gospel is what enables us then to eat and to drink and to live, not for our own temporal goals of looking better or soothing ourselves with food. The gospel gives us hope that compels us to rejoice and live for the Lord. So my sisters, let the love of God for you displayed in the gospel compel you to grow and desire to fulfill scriptures like 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Amen. I'll see you soon. Ladies, if this topic or any other podcast episode has been valuable to you, please help me get this information out to others who could benefit from it too by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to the podcast and sharing the episode on your social media. Or you can always come to any of my socials and like, comment, and share that way. This helps other people know it's important information that can benefit them as well. Thank you for helping.